Mr. Ken Rutherford joins the program. It's been a while. I always look forward to our chats, Mr. Rutherford. I trust you well. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Darcy. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the summer, of course. It's, uh, gee, it's enough to whet any appetite uh, of the cricketing ilk, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, so much to look forward to in Australia. Hopefully, uh, well, there's a couple of things to discuss with why we've got yeah. you on. Uh, one of them is uh, the pitches that we'll get over there compared to the pitches that, of course, we've been... Uh, subjected to here. There's a bit of conjecture around them, but of course the big issue around here is uh, is Jeet Ravel and, and where to go now with Jeet. He's had a, a shocking run of form. There's, there's no denying that. I suppose first up to question for you, what's wrong? Well, I've been there myself, Darcy, on, on, on two or three occasions during the course of my career in the dim, dark ages a long time ago and it's 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 tough. You know, you, it doesn't matter where you go, who you talk to, where you look, that you're kind of reminded uh, that you are in bad form and uh, I saw Jeet's getting himself. He'll be getting from his family, his relatives, his friends. Uh, they'll be, of course, be on the positive side of things, but he'll also be getting the odd brick back from social media if he takes a, a moment to read that, or hopefully he doesn't. Uh, the, the media in general, um, he'll be getting his coaches trying to you know, stimulate his confidence and be positive. So it becomes, the point I'm making, it becomes a real mental thing, doesn't it? It's psychological. We can talk about his technical issues, of which there are probably a couple of little ones that have crept in. Um, but in general, he's still got the same arms and legs and his head's still the same. And physically, he's nothing much has changed. But mentally, obviously, there's this pressure and there's, you know, there's a fear of failure that's been built up over a number of uh, months now. And, and then the fact there's place in jeopardy and, uh, you know, it's, it'll all be building up. And I guess, you know, it's Peter Fulton, the batting coach, Gary Stead, the, the overall coach, Kane Williamson, Gavin Larson, they'll be talking to him. They'll be uh, trying to assess exactly where he's at. He's an intelligent guy. I think he's an accountant by trade. So he's, you suggest he's analytical in his thought process. So he'll hopefully go through, you know, all the things he needs to do over the next what, seven days or eight days till the first day of that test in Perth and, and try and get himself in as good a mental condition as he possibly can to take on the most extreme of uh, tasks, and that is opening the batting in Australia. So what happens first, the, the mental or the technical? Does he technically fall apart a wee bit and mentally it jumps on him, or is he mentally suffering and then suddenly technically he falls apart? I think the latter. I, I think he's mentally suffering, and then all, all, all the physical aspects of the game start to go to... To, to, to the to the back of the glass, so to speak. I mean, look at that shot he played in the first innings of the Test match at Hamilton. Would he have played that shot when he was going well, when he was getting 100 against Bangladesh? I mean, the, the ball wasn't uh, anywhere near attacking. It was wide. It wasn't even a length to attack. It was a good length delivery rather than a half volley. So yeah, the fact that he went after that showed that he was uh, in, a, in, a, in a, an unusual space mentally for him. So... Absolutely, I would suggest it's, it's, it's more of a mental condition than physical. I think any uh, batting issues that have, um, you know, have, have been unravelled as a result of not scoring runs have come from the fact that uh, mentally he's not feeling as confident as positive as perhaps he, he, he has been in the past. It affects, your, it affects your footwork, it affects your balance at the crease, it affects your ability just to go ball by ball. It's an old cliche in batting, uh, Darcy. I'll tell you why it's a cliche. You know, ball by ball works. You, know, you can't get too far ahead of yourself and and batting with you in a good space in terms of form or a bad space. You've just got to look at the next ball, win that delivery, and move on. And I think Ravel is probably looking too much at the big picture and not kind of compartmentalising it down to a ball-by-ball situation. Ken Rutherford joining the program. What fixed you? You said you went through it a few times. What was the turning point for you on those occasions? 
Well, you just got to go back to, to strip it back. You've got to go back to the, to the real basics. You've got to say, right, I've got to get through that first spell. Uh, as I said, a ball by ball, over by over basis. You've, often it takes one shot, Darcy. I recall being in a real bad space against the Aussies a few years ago, and I nearly got out of first or second ball to McDermott, and the ball lobbed up to sort of where a short leg would have been, but it wasn't one there. And the next ball, I whacked it through the colours for four, and all of a sudden I was away in racing this time, you know? So it can just be one shot. Ravel might pull or cut uh, one of Stark's first deliveries at Perth and all of a sudden a big sigh of relief, a bit of a smile comes on his face and he says, right, I'm going again now. It, it can be as simple as that. It's a, it's a trick of the mind almost, Darcy, to try and you know, trick yourself into believing again. And uh, it'll come for Jeez, it'll come for Jeez. He's shown in Test Match Cricket that he can do it. So let's hope for our sakes uh, against the Aussies, uh, he can. OK, let's say that uh, in Perth he doesn't spend much time at the crease, doesn't score many runs. Do you keep him there? What's the selection policy here, Darcy? See, I'm, I'm, I'm in the dark. They picked the 15-man squad for the five tests, I thought. So... I'd imagine if they're not going to go outside that thinking, uh, they've only gone outside it so far through injury to the grand home and to Bolt, and they didn't go outside the, the squad in terms of replacing Bolt, did they? It was internally. Um, so it really comes down to what their selection policy is. The, the spare batsman's blundle. Uh, I don't think he's ever opened the batting in, in four-day cricket Plunkett Shield, let alone in test matches, obviously. Um, he's a reserve keeper as well. Uh, it would stand to reason he would come in if you're looking at the next batsman. Now, what that does to the batting order, I'm not so sure. They've They've got themselves in a bit of a pickle, really, because ideally you'd want a top-order batting cover as well. Uh, but you can't increase the squad exponentially to have another spinner, another seamer, another key. You, know, you have a squad of 18 or 19, for God's sake. So um, they've got themselves in a bit of a pickle because if you looked at the team prior to the first test against England, the question mark was always going to be in terms of loss of form on Ravel because he had been going through a bad run anyway. So... In terms of uh, putting someone else up there during the series, upcoming series against Australia, it really does come down to, I believe, to the policy that the selectors have undertaken with the players to you know, go outside or 15 or not. Well, having that in the back of your mind as an opener, saying oh, they can't replace me, but it's physically not impossible. They have to mess with their, their batting lineup too much. It is Australia. It's at home. It's very difficult. Would that give him faith, though, that he will have the support by hook or by crook by the team because of the nature of their selection policy? Could that work for him? It might. It might sort of uh, shore up his confidence to, to an extent to say, right, I've, I've certainly got Perth, um, and I might have Melbourne as well. Um, that, that, that's, an, that's an issue. But, you know, to, to ask you a question, I mean, what's Larson and Co going to do if, if Riddell does fail in Perth? Uh, are they going to look to replace them then for Melbourne and Sydney? Because it comes to a stage, Darcy, where you're actually doing the guy himself no justice in terms of his own. Um, you know, you, you're exposing his frailties to the world, for goodness sake. I mean, touring Australia is... is <laughs> when you're going good, it's it's real good. You know, it's it's a great place. Cricket's the number one sport. Everyone knows you. You know, you could be the the most unrecognisable person in the New Zealand cricket team in the next uh, month, but the people in Australia will know you. They're so avid and interested in, in cricket. Uh, you walk into a cab over there, they know you. They give you a hard time. You go into a bar, they give you an even harder time. You go to a TAB, you just give me absolute ratchet time in terms of not being able to find a winner. I mean, it's just it's just all-encompassing. You can't get away from it. So and Ravel's, you know, his mental condition has to be, I guess, adequate, adequately kind of uh, gauged uh, if, he, if he continues to not score runs. Of course, he gets a, a nice 40 or a 50 in Perth, then he's hopefully on his way.
Let's hope that's the case. Hey, on the pitch, there's been a lot of conjecture around the nature of what uh, Carl Johnson prepared uh, for that second test in Hamilton. You were there watching it firsthand. What's uh, your thought process around what happened there? Yeah, look, it's, it's, I've read quite a few of the articles uh, emanating from the UK, and Michael Atherton's a, a very mild-mannered kind of guy. He's a very fair gentleman. He's been reasonably scathing in, in his words uh, about the pitch in Hamilton, and, and indeed the pitch of the Mount, to be fair as well. And It'll be interesting to see what KJ says about if he's uh, having a chance to, to have a chat, because I don't think he'd be happy with it. Um, it was just a bit too flat. I I remarked going out there on day one and suggested to everyone I could talk to at the time who was prepared to listen to me. It was, looked, looked like a day two wicket. It looked, you know, really advanced in its preparation. Had a drier look than normally normal at Seton Park. And look, we know at times at Seton Park it's kind of really deep emerald green appearance, and that's probably does too much. It's where it does too much. It seems too much on days one and maybe two as well. So that's going the other way, but. When it's just nicely green and a bit harder and maybe later in the summer, that could be a question to ask KJ. February, March, we've had a nice hot summer. It's easier to get the, the pitch nice and flat and firm and, and to aid that pace and bounce into it. That might be a consideration, but it, it just was dying from day one, wasn't it? The keeper was taking around his sort of uh, knees to shins. and I, I don't think it's the best pitch he's ever prepared there, put it that way. And last but certainly not least, how's your son? Is he still up for an opening shot, do you think? Well, he is. And look, I've got to be careful what I say about my son Hamish, isn't he? Don't I? Because being a very proud father, I'm going to extol his virtues uh, more so than anyone else. But I do think from a selection perspective, perspective we talk about there not being any Plunkett Shield cricket at the moment. Uh, there's only, we're going to T20s now. And that's some, another reason to keep picking Ravel. That's what I heard from someone. I think Gary Stead might mentioned it, actually. Where they, what they should be looking at is the New Zealand A game that's been played over the last 12 or 18 months. The New Zealand A is, is a step up from Plunkett Shield. It's your best provincial players playing against Australia A, South Africa A, India A, wherever it might be. And I think out of the last, say, 12 or 18 months, the, the, the three players that have stood out in the top of New Zealand A are, are Hamish, uh, Tim Seifert and Glenn Phillips. So if you are talking about replacing the valve, it's really got to be one of those three if you're being consistent in terms of the pathways coming through underneath Test Match Cricket. Keep your phone on, Ken. I won't stop pestering you from now to the end of the Indian tour. Love your work. Love your responses. Thanks very much. Cheers, Darcy. See ya.